Our meditation for this sixth Sunday after Trinity is on our Old Testament reading, Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 through 17. Hear the word of our Lord. And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who was within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or his male servant, or his female servant, or his ox, or his donkey, or anything that is your neighbor's. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I never, ever want to miss an opportunity to preach on the Ten Commandments. There is a centrality about them that goes understated in all of Christendom. And I realize that I am preaching a little bit to the choir here, given how many of my listeners and how many in these house churches are Lutherans. We are catechized with the Ten Commandments being first in our small catechisms. But even then, we fail to fully understand how rich, how much of a blessing, how powerful these commandments are, and the tragedy of our inability to fully obey them. But while I could spend hours and hours, or an entire season of Lent, speaking about the Ten Commandments and barely scratching the surface, let's take a broad view. Let's simplify it. First, by saying that the Ten Commandments are reasonable. Eminently reasonable, in fact, such that we have no excuse to complain or argue with them. There is a God. We should worship him. In fact, we should not worship any other God, because these other gods do not exist, and it brings great dishonor to the true God if we worship other gods. 
For that matter, we should not harm this God's reputation. We should speak truthfully about this God and teach rightly about his holy name because otherwise we're lying about him. We should absolutely remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. We should hear this God's words given to us with joy and gladness. We should take that Sabbath knowing that he gives us rest from our works. We should rejoice in that opportunity. If this God has spoken to us in his word, we should listen. God has given us fathers and mothers. We should honor them. He has given us families and nations and societies to live in that we should function well in. And for that matter, because he has given us neighbors, we do not want to insult him or dishonor him by killing our neighbors. We should see the value in all human life and do our best to promote it. This is reasonable. It's not rocket science. You shall not commit adultery. Who wants to destroy families? Who wants to ruin relationships and broken hearts? Stealing. Who wants to ruin lives by theft, by reappropriation of funds, whether by government or by our own hand, breaking in and taking that which does not belong to us? Why should we put ourselves and our neighbors at risk? When it comes to false witness, who among us does not want a good reputation? Who among us does not want a fair shake in life? So we should treat others with that same fair shake. And coveting our neighbor's house, their property, why should we live in envy of others? Should we not be grateful for what we have? And should we not love the people and the life that we have around us? The Ten Commandments, on the surface of things, should be easy to follow because they are so easily understood. Yet our sin gets in the way. While the Ten Commandments are reasonable, we act quite unreasonably, don't we? For that matter, the Ten Commandments are desirable. Let us engage in a thought exercise here for a moment and wonder what would happen if every human being around the world obeyed all Ten Commandments perfectly. Our churches would not be in a state of decay. You would have Christians everywhere going to the proper churches free from the influence of cults, of false religions, and they would be going to churches where the pastors are perfectly qualified to preach the word of God. They would not bear false witness against our God, taking his name in vain with false teaching. To the contrary, everybody would be perfectly edified. It would be glorious. We would all hear God's word and rejoice in every little treasure that the Bible has for us. We would rest we would understand the proper time and place for work, the proper context for it, rather than trying to earn our way into heaven. You would have families intact. There would be no more rebellious children and every parent listening to this says amen to that. 
Can you imagine a world in which your children never need to be disciplined? They never need to be put on timeout or spanked or have a toy taken away from them because they listen to what you ask them to do the first time and they do it, such as their honor for you. There would be no lawbreakers. For the fifth commandment, you shall not kill. How beautiful would it be to not have abortions anymore? To have no more wars, bombing, destroying, and burning every country around us. We would be free from the subterfuge of nations seeking the death of other nations. Our marriages would be perfect. People would get married and rejoice that their relationship is secure. You would never have to worry about cuckoldry. You would never have to worry about straying spouses. There would be no pornography problem. How amazing is that? It boggles the mind to think about it. We can't imagine how great a society like this would be. It sounds close to heaven, doesn't it? You shall not steal. All of us would have all of our needs met, understanding that stealing is not just taking what doesn't belong to you, it is also refusing to give out of a stingy, ugly heart. We would give, the rich would be generous, the poor would be fed, nobody would worry about the bills that are coming in, and all of our reputations, given the Eighth Commandment, would be pristine. We would never stick our nose into other people's business in some sort of attempt to cancel them. To the contrary, everybody speaking rightfully with the best construction on things, we would rejoice that we are friends with one another. And nobody would be plagued with envy. Nobody would be plagued with financial schemes. The Sam Bankman-Fried scandal, the greatest theft ever committed in all of history by a human being would never have happened. Your crypto wallet would be safe. Your home would never be broken into. You could sleep with the doors unlocked and rejoice that you are fine. In fact, I wonder whether or not locks would even exist in such a world as this. And we would never covet our neighbor's life their spouse, their servants, their friends, their animals. To the contrary, with a real community mind, we would protect each other's lives, leading to greater friendship, brotherly love all around. The Ten Commandments are desirable. And yet we act quite undesirably, don't we? These reasonable commandments, these desirable commandments, we cannot seem to fulfill them. All of society can tell you this. Look around and see whether or not our culture celebrates or even gives a nod towards the Decalogue. Yet there is wisdom here, too. There is so much wisdom in following this. King Solomon himself speaks of law-keeping and obeying God's commandments as wisdom. Do you want to live the good life? Keep the Ten Commandments. It is that simple. Instead of worshiping other gods and finding yourself in hell, it is wise to receive eternal life, worshiping and trusting the true God. Instead of constantly overworking yourself to death, trying to earn something from God, rest 
hear his word with gladness. Instead of breaking up your family, honor your father and your mother, stay faithful to your wife, and you will not see the pain that sinners go through observed in your own life. Don't kill people. Don't you want to live? People are going to want to kill you back. There is wisdom in these Ten Commandments so much that you live the good life, a blessed and wonderful life on account of it. And there is blessing. God promises rewards for those who keep his commandments. It is so wise. Yet we act like fools, don't we? In the year of our Lord, 2023, all of society is founded upon violating all Ten Commandments and giving people the freedom to do so. We can see with clear eyes that humanity is incapable of keeping these Ten Commandments on our own. The law is reasonable. We are unreasonable. The law is desirable. And we are undesirable. The law is wise. It is wisdom. But we act the fool. The law is written upon our hearts, but tragically humanity is in this grave position of understanding what is right and what leads to blessing while being totally unable to obey as we ought. Beloved, this is one of the reasons why the atonement is so important. Why do we disobey God's laws? Because of indwelling sin, our nature sin, our original sin. I rejoice to declare to you that Christ died for that. Yes, he paid for our sins with his blood. But he also paid for our sinfulness, our nature sin, or original sin, that has plagued us since the fall in Eden. Christ died for our sins. The record of our transgressions is wiped away when we put our faith in Jesus. We understand that breaking God's commandments means death death, but praise the Lord that this sentence is commuted. We are declared innocent and righteous on account of the blood of Christ being justified, declared righteous through faith in him. Yet the atonement does not stop there. We would be all out of sorts if Christ died for our sins only for us to continue on in the exact same sinful, dark nature that we had. He died for our original sin, our urges to continue on in rebellion. Graciously, he died to wipe that stain away from us and make us into new men. We are not only forgiven, we are transformed. And this happens through faith. Yes, it begins at our baptism. Yes, the moment the Holy Spirit comes upon you as the seal of your salvation, he begins to work on your character and sanctify you. The Holy Spirit, on account of Christ's atoning death for you, begins to make you into the man or woman that he desires you to be. You will weakly, at first, in a very fragile sense, 
begin to obey our Lord's commandments. And over time, with greater ability, we obey these Ten Commandments with grateful hearts, and we see the blessedness which comes with this obedience. We rejoice to see God rewarding us, even though he has already promised us heaven. We deserve no rewards, and we're graciously receiving eternal life in Christ. As if that weren't enough, our Lord says, Yes, I see the good that you are doing. Now that I have enabled you, let me bless you and prosper you and help you. Finally, having the ability and the desire to follow this Decalogue is a blessed thing indeed. It means finally we are being brought back to the image of God We are who we were meant to be from the beginning. So believers want to obey the Ten Commandments. And we want to see the observance of the commandments brought about in all of society around us. This is what God believes in. This is his ethics. It is true. It is right. It is righteousness. So we want to have all of our nations and our countries, our societies around us following this law as well. We seek to implement it. That is a godly impulse. But may we seek Christ first, because none of this happens without him, without his blood poured upon us, without us being united to him in the waters of holy baptism, without that we cannot obey one tiny little bit of these amazing Ten Commandments. So let us seek Christ. Let us place our faith in him and rejoice to see that through this transformation that we call sanctification, he enables us to finally do so. Now the peace of God which surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.